I remember that back in March, I, uh, I was told, you know, okay, you're going to stay at home and uh, you're not going to have to do any work. Nobody did tell me this, but I, that's what I heard anyway. That's what I thought, right? I've got my Xbox and I've got a few books and things. It's fantastic. And that was for me, I believe, stage one of lockdown. This, oh, I haven't turned it on. There we go, it's on now. Um, that was stage one of lockdown for me. I'm excited. I'm going to order takeaways. You know, I'm going to do anything I want. It's going to be fantastic. And then phase two kicks in a little bit. So a little bit of ups and downs. You know, did you experience this? You moved on from I can do whatever I want. It's fantastic. Some of you are more mature than me. You never had this. Um, but there were good days where I felt I got some useful things done. And then there were bad days where I felt I was just short-fused, grumpy, and didn't actually do anything really worthwhile. And I felt that I was being taken on an emotional corona coaster. Okay? Apparently that is a thing, a corona coaster. Uh, but there we are. And then phase three hit me, uh, where I, I think I experienced um, uh, quarantinitis. Did you wear any excuse to leave the home I will take? Can I do some shopping for you? Can I move your bins outside of your house? Can I do anything? Okay, can I just come and stand outside of your house and wave at you? I will do anything. And so I felt like that. And you might have a similar mixture of feelings going back into another lockdown. However long or short it's going to feel or it's going to be. But I think there are some things here in God's word from his wisdom that we can use and remind ourselves of so that this time isn't wasted. So that's what we're going to be thinking about because he already knows how you feel. We've seen in 1 Peter, not only does he know how you feel, but he has a plan. And part of that awesome plan is going to be for you to experience things that you don't like. Because remember back in chapter 1, he's already told us that our faith is like um, metal being heated in a fiery furnace so that it can be pounded and shaped and proven genuine as we grow closer to Jesus. We left off last time uh, saying that we honor God by living obedient lives, and that included, you know, obeying human authorities and even guidelines and, and so on. And we do that as a united people. And we saw that I didn't put the recap verses on that. That's what we also saw. But um, you do remember that when we talked about being united, I said uh, that part of that is going to be being like-minded, being sympathetic, loving as family, being compassionate, being humble-minded, and being redemptive and not retaliating. And in our unity as God's people, Peter says, you're going to face some hard times, you're going to stick together, and you're going to find that Christ is more joyful than anything else that you miss or that you lose. So we're going to use 1 Peter, as I say, as a little launch pad to talk about Jesus in our lockdown and how he can bring us closer to himself. So we're going to be challenged to not be surprised. Two, remember that we are blessed. That's in our passage. To invest in your holiness. To invest in our friendships. And, unexpectedly, to invest, perhaps, in a hobby. I don't know. But let's think about um, what Peter might mean by do not be surprised. Now, yesterday I was enjoying a... What was the kind of stew that we were, we were eating? With some... It was a 
beautiful pie with phyllo pastry on top. It was wonderful, did enjoy that. Um, and then doorbell rang. I thought, we're in Britain. No one announced that they are coming. <laughs> it's not expecting, therefore, anyone to turn up. So what happens next? I opened the door, proceeded to be scared, then confused, then ashamed. That is because when I opened the door, I saw a little child. A little child that looked perhaps a little bit like the child on the left there. Have a look at that. Now, there's not that much light just outside my porch. And when I opened the door, <laughs> here's what happened. I think the children must have amused themselves because I immediately opened the door and went, <laughs> just that sort of little jump scare, you know. And I mean, if it was one of your children, I would have a right to be scared. But no, normal children out there, you know, they weren't even dressed like Freddy Krueger or anything like that. Because the thing is, even though it was Halloween, completely just washes over me these things. I'm not in the habit of even looking at it. I wasn't expecting it. It came as a surprise to me that a child dressed like a mutilated, undead skeleton is normal for some people. I was not expecting that. And here, here really is the point. When you heard that you weren't going to have church services, non-essential services, for a month, were you expecting it? Some of you are a little bit more like, you know, I'm super skeptical of, of government anyway, so I wasn't expecting anything um, right to a ball of fire happening in my living room. But... I, Many of us weren't expecting it, and think about how we felt. What was the first thing that when you received the sort of, you know, if you have a little notification for news on your phone and stuff, and it kind of said, leaked information, that's what I received. Boris expected to announce another lockdown. What were the words that came out of your mouth to um, your spouse, to your parents, right at that moment? I'll bet you it wasn't a, look, babes, Here's God's unfolding his plan. I am simply ecstatic at the thought of being made more like Jesus over another period of lockdown through some powerful character molding through our difficult circumstances as our children go mad because they cannot see their friends. If that was you, <laughs> then I'm not the only awkward person in this church, um, but I want to pray and learn from you. But I wasn't expecting it. And actually, Peter says, look at it. Um, he says this in chapter 4. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery trial, the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. Don't be surprised. But rejoice. Inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when His glory is revealed. Now, I have friends who were just about to restart youth group in other parts of the country. One friend in particular had bought 100 pounds of sparklers to celebrate youth group coming back because what better socially distant activity can you think of than holding sparklers in the dark? I would have loved that, plus all the other accidents that potentially would have gone with it. I know that... Many of us were surprised at this and perhaps at what December will look like and what Christmas might look like. And I know that I've said to you in the past that when Peter writes his letter, he's writing to brothers and sisters 
who are being persecuted while suffering simply because other people don't like the fact they're Christians. That's not where we are today. But if Christians are supposed to expect trouble, then how much more should we expect? Because we expect trouble because we believe that God is our king and other people around us don't believe the same. So their allegiance is to something else, someone else. Equally, there's another doctrine, doctrine of sin, that tells us to expect to see a lot of brokenness, a lot of suffering from other avenues as well. And the point is that we do expect to experience the types of suffering and difficulty that we are experiencing right now and more. There's a sense even in chapter 4, verse 13, that by facing difficulty, we identify a little bit more closely with Jesus. You may, you may have experienced this over uh, lockdown before. You know, you may have found that actually, how patient is Jesus? In excruciating death on the cross, he is able to forgive. He's able to talk to a, a criminal and say, if you believe, you'll be with me in paradise. And we can't even be patient with our own children, you know, when they're cooped up at home with us or with a spouse or with a neighbor or even with ourselves. So in a sense, a little bit of suffering and difficulty in a lockdown awakens us to just how marvelous Jesus really is in his character. And I invite you to instead of being surprised, including being surprised by the temptations you're going to face to dishonor God over the next uh, month, to be prepared, to see it coming, to ask God, grow me, teach me, make me more like your son Jesus over the next coming month. So that's why we shouldn't be surprised. But also, remember, you are blessed in verse 14 of chapter 3. Have you ever unexpectedly found something precious? I had this experience recently. Um, Megan has been baking. Megan is my wife, uh, if you are watching and you don't know. And uh, some of the things that she has baked, I have to say, I would have paid for if she made me. Um, I would have paid for. Here's one of them. Uh, we've got some, let's see if I get this right. Pecan and pretzel with burnt caramel shortbread. Are you, are you, would you be excited by this? Yeah? Some of you, if you did this now, that means next time around you may be receiving it. <laughs> you know? Um, but I had actually forgotten, while longing for some more sugar, I'd forgotten we had not only this back in the fridge, but some chocolate eclairs because that's what you have in your fridge, you know? And that was just a joyful moment for me while I was stressed out, thinking about other things to come uh, this week. A little eclair, you know? Maybe you've experienced finding, uh, rummaging through your uh, trousers, uh, organizing wardrobe and finding a 20 pound note in your trousers. Would that bring joy to your heart? Wow, you guys must be really rich. 20 quid doesn't bring you joy. Oh my goodness, right? Anyway, it would bring me joy because 20 quid is money um, for me. But it's really interesting that sometimes we forget that there are all sorts of blessings in things we possess that when someone else comes alongside us and reminds us, our hearts rejoice again. I often have this with uh, brothers and sisters in Christ who will see me uh, 
in a low, down, and they'll come and just talk to me about the gospel, about what I believe, about what Christ has done for me. And all of a sudden, this begins to happen. Okay? I get off the corona coaster uh, of emotions, and I'm reminding myself again of some of the things that we've seen in 1 Peter. We don't have time to talk about all of them, but if you were in chapter 2 and you just wanted to remind yourself, chapters 1 and 2, what would Peter have reminded God's people of? Listen to this. Take that example. Peter has told these believers that they are newly born, they have a new life, inheritors of heavenly promises kept for them, blood-bought, hope-filled, character-proven, faith-tested, obedient and holy, otherworldly pilgrims who love one another and live differently because they trust the enduring, imperishable word of God that was proclaimed to them. That's, that's pretty exciting stuff. If you know and love Jesus, that warms your heart. Now, of course, we have off days, and that's why we need someone else to come alongside us and remind us, brother, sister, even if you should suffer, as Peter says here, you are blessed. God loves you. He has a plan even for this next month. So I wanted to challenge you with this thought. Remember, you are blessed and invest in your holiness as we go on to the next one. So do not be surprised. Remember, you are blessed. Invest in your holiness. Peter says in verse 15, but in your hearts, revere, honor Christ as Lord. Think about how you'd answer this question. Here's my dream text message on a Monday morning. My dream text message. It's from Andy, my boss. Who has complete control over my schedule and timetable, sort of. Um, and he says this in his text message. Brother Tiago, he never addresses me as brother, but do you? I don't know. Tiago, bro. He does say bro. I have decided to give you the day off today and you are not allowed to do anything work-related. You're only allowed to do things you want to do. Imagine if you got that text from your boss tomorrow. Wouldn't that be exciting? It's not clear enough for many of you guys, but there we go. Um, what is the first thing that comes to your mind to do with your free time? Think about that for a second. Here's what I would do. Here's what I would think, what would go through my mind. I'm going to eat some junk. I'm going to watch some movies, okay? Netflix, Prime, you name it. And then I'm going to play some video games, okay? Some of you are judging me. Then I'm going to read some fiction novels, okay? I'm enjoying a bit of Terry Pratchett at the moment. I'm going to do that. Then I'm going to practice some woodworking and uh, try to keep all my fingers. Then I'm going to get a takeaway, because I love an Indian or a Greek. Do that. I asked Megan, uh, babe, just tell me what would go through your mind. She said, I'd read a book, I'd bake a cake, I'd do some cross-stitch. <laughs> Can we be any more different in our marriage? <laughs> there we go. Um, only you know what you would say in answer to this question, but I would go out on a limb and say that it probably reveals that investing in our holiness probably isn't the first sort of natural thing that we think about to do with our free time. Don't you remember back in March? Loads of time. Great. 
you know. And I was talking uh, about this with some of our teenagers. I can read the whole Bible if I want. But will I? I can read lots of good Christian books. But will I? I have loads more time to pray unhurriedly because I'm now working from home. I can start whenever I need to. But will I? It's a hugely challenging thought. And Peter says here in verses 14 and 15, in the midst of you having a terrible time, do this. There are things that people fear. There are things that people who don't know God fear and concern themselves with and are anxious about. Don't fear those things because you fear God. He features a lot higher on our priority list than the opinion of other people then enjoying myself into junk food in my spare time, then getting lost in endless anxieties about what tomorrow may or may not bring, uh, like when lockdown will end, if ever it will end. And yet Peter says, think of God above these things. Fear him above these things, because he is truly the one in charge. And the other thing he says in verse 15 is this. Instead of focusing on what you are tempted to fear above God, treat Christ as holy, Honor him, revere him, have such a high regard for him that uh, all of the little space in the drawers of your mind are taken up with him. There's no more space for other things during this lockdown, other things that want to creep in. So here's what I mean. My temptation, I want to fill my life with social media, endless movies. For some of you, that's not going to appeal to you because you are sort of um, BBC Radio 4 people. You know, give me the news. I am mature. And actually, all of that too can tempt you away from revering Christ as Lord, from seeing him as the one who actually still runs this country because he is still king, sovereign king and ruler over everything. Nothing is surprising or new to him. And so instead, I'm not saying don't engage with these things, and I'm not saying pretend you never have fears or anxieties. But I want to use this time next month, whatever it looks like, to ask God to teach me, how can I use lockdown, perhaps to read a good Christian book that will teach me to get closer to Jesus, watch, listen to a brilliant speaker, a brilliant podcast. I'm happy to recommend anything for any age uh, here this evening. Enjoying, perhaps praying with someone over the phone. Some of us sometimes are only quick to say, no one calls me. No one wants to know how I'm doing. Well, brother, sister, initiate. Be a blessing to someone else. Call someone else up and say, I just wanted to call you to pray for you, to pray with you. However, that might work. There's more we could say, but we're not going to because time is running out. So here's something else to invest. Invest in your friendships. Now, Peter says in verse 15, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Now, who's going to ask? Hopefully, people who know you. People who see and walk alongside you and see your life. Why are they going to ask? I think that especially in a time of lockdown, people might ask because they see that you're real about your struggles. They see that you're real about when you feel lonely and you have to run to Christ and you find that difficult? Because we hope in Christ. That's the whole point of what Peter is saying. There is a hope. We have it. 
and we run to Christ however hard it is. And they need to see us running to Christ as our hope. What they don't need to see is endless Facebook and social media posts about what we really think of Boris. They don't need to see that. That doesn't mean we can't disagree on social media and that sort of thing. They also don't need to see us faking a holiness that we don't have. Well, life is tickety-boo and perfect. Love that expression, tickety-boo. Tried to research it, can't find the meaning of it. Um, this hopes, uh, this include, this hope includes at least these two moments in your experience over the next month. Look at Psalm 100. Sometimes we're going to be feeling like this, aren't we? Shout for joy, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. He is good. He made us. We are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. And probably over the next few uh, weeks and days, if you do hear of or meet someone who in your low day is just skipping like sheep in a field, like a springbok frolicking in the meadows, probably would be tempted to hate them and say, why are you such an idiot? But there is one moment where we might be rejoicing with those who rejoice and actually finding, yes, I belong to God, I am His. But we may also feel like Psalm 88 over the next month. We may feel like this, but notice, this person again takes it straight to God. Not simply moaning, not simply being embittered. This was a psalm made to be either sung aloud or read aloud. And here's what the person says. You have taken from me my closest friends. You might feel like your closest friends were taken away from you. You can't see them. You have made me repulsive to them. I'm confined. How relevant God's word can be. And cannot escape. My eyes are dim with grief. In all of that, other people might be able to see that our hope is in Christ because even when we feel like that, we are speaking to him. We are confessing it to him. But another reason uh, why we want to uh, invest, I guess, in our friendships in being real is not only because we're real, because we have a hope in Christ, but because our conscience is clear. Other people would be able to see as they talk to us and engage with us that we fight sin, we ask for help, we keep each other accountable. We repent to God, we repent to each other. Because what they would see is if we don't do these things, if they're not a normal part of our life, then what good is Jesus really? There's no emotional effect. And so it's hard, and for some of us, on that note of having a clear conscience, I know uh, from experience that you might dread the fact uh, that you might feel like you're becoming a different person. You're finding all of your sinfulness just swelling up, coming up, perhaps in anger, perhaps in a lack of patience, maybe in a lack of understanding that you never thought you had. We were, Megan and I were talking to somebody this weekend um, who had a really, really tough time with their child, and they just said to us, I never knew I could hate my own child. I never knew... There was this sinfulness in me. And yet God is not surprised. And he says, come to me. I know you already. And I want to grow you and forgive you. And that's a great comfort for me. Because I want to ask you and ask myself, what's going to be the hardest sin to fight 
over the next few days. What are the triggers for that? Is it a lot of free time? Is it an expectation about how you optimize and spend your time? Is it that when you feel lonely, you might be tempted to click uh, on something you shouldn't click or think of something you, uh, you shouldn't think of? Is it boredom that really does that for you? Is it busyness and trying to cram everything in with the time that you have that is your trigger? Let's be asking God, show me over the next few weeks. How can I invest in holiness and invest in the kind of friendships at this time that will glorify you? What are the Christians that you can call or text just to say, man, I'd love to just get out of my house and be in your house right now, but because I can't do that, I'm going to call you up. I'm going to text you. Pray with me. Pray for me. Asking for help, keeping each other accountable. So invest in a friendship. Who might be the person that you can call? And lastly, yes, we don't want to be surprised. We want to remember that you are blessed because of who you are in Christ if you believe in Him. You want to invest in your holiness and one day I'll get all of these slides right. Invest in your friendships and you want to invest in a hobby. Okay, that's not really in 1 Peter. I'm just going to get out and say it, okay? Uh, but recently, some of you will know, some of you who are close friends, you have simply been inundated with pictures of things that I'm attempting to make in my little shop with my little mitre saw and all of the stuff I borrowed from half of you this evening. Now, why do I mention this? Because I believe that how we are going to choose to spend our time over the next few days and weeks can either move us away from God and into a, a cycle of guilt because the more we misspend our time, so even though that's not in 1 Peter, we're going to go to Ephesians 5, the more we misspend our time, the more we feel bad about that when someone else points it out or when we, the Holy Spirit points it out, and the more we get into guilt and guilt and guilt and guilt. But listen to this. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus. Making the most of every opportunity. This point is really just a reminder. We have been rescued to do things that honor God. Enjoying his creation is one of them, I think. When I attempt to make something in my little garage, I marvel at God. that He's, he's made that poor tree that now sits being shamefully uh, destroyed by my hands. It might be something different for you. It might be making music. It might be all sorts of other things. But I just wanted to challenge you as we bring this uh, talk to a close. What can you invest in that will be a good use of your time, that will be redeeming the time? That might even be investing in a friendship and not necessarily um, a particular hobby. But think about it. We're challenged to not be surprised. Suffering is coming. Difficulty is coming. Unpleasant things are coming. You're blessed. Invest in your holiness, invest in your friendships, invest in a hobby. Which of these things might you want to pray about? I'm just going to give you a time to, if you're comfortable, if you want to close your eyes, uh, talk to God for a bit, and then I'm going to pray, 
and we are going to sing. Just a moment for you to talk to God. Father, we uh, have mixed feelings about the next few days, and there have been things in your word tonight to challenge us and to encourage us. Thank you that we are, uh, for those of us who trust in you and belong to you, we are beloved children who are blessed beyond what we can even understand. We're going to spend eternity just discussing and thinking about how much you have loved us, how much you've had a plan uh, all along, how much you uh, were so kind to us that you uh, saw our hearts and uh, still you wanted to redeem us, buy us back. Thank you for that. Father, we are sorry that investing in holiness, investing in friendships, blessing others, thinking of others, doesn't come naturally to us. But you are remaking us into people who are more like Jesus, who are more other-centered, who can bless others. Please help us to do that. Please help us to fight sin, to hate it, because we fight for our joy in you, because we don't want to be feeling further away from you. We don't want to give in to uh, the sins that are going to beset us over the next few uh, days and weeks, whether it's anger, whether it's uh, lack of patience, whether it's um, pornography uh, or anything else. You love us, and we want to abide in that love in the way that we live. Thank you, in Jesus' name. Amen.